You're tuned in to the frequency of the crypto revolution. Your host, Daryl Bryan. Chat, chat, money. AKA BitChapo. Bringing you the latest in Bitcoins, altcoins, news events, price volatility, and the knowledge they don't want you to know. 100% facts, no printer, is the most lit podcast in all of cryptocurrency. Vibrations out of this world, and and, and it all begins right now. You already know. It's going down. Hello, everyone. Welcome to In Bitcoin We Trust podcast. I am your host, BitChapo. And I am pleased to have you here. You are tuned into the frequency of the crypto revolution. And it really is a revolution. Today we have my friend Truth Raider here. You may know him from Twitter and his many, many, many accomplishments. But if you do not know, I'll let Truth Raider explain who he is and why he's on this podcast. Hey, what's going on, man? Uh, Glad to be here. Uh, Just... uh just enjoying the the Bitcoin ride, man. Um, it's it's great to be in this space with so many different people, uh, and just learning more about the technology and how um, Bitcoin can change the current monetary system. And it's been a been a good run, ups and downs, but I'm just happy to be on the ride. I agree, man. This is something that uh, I don't think any of us really expected. Um... It really is something that just came out of left field in 2008 and just and just been improving and evolving and and completely just revolutionizing everything as a whole. Um, I'm excited to be to be in this industry, man. Every day I wake up, uh, first thing I do is check price and then I check Twitter. (laughs) (laughs) I'll tell you what, man, it's it's interesting just how influential Twitter has become to our space. To be honest, it is. It is. I wasn't even on Twitter before I really got into uh, Bitcoin, man. But then I figured out. I'm saying, wait, all of my favorite influencers are on Twitter. I need to get make me a Twitter. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Well, I think the cool thing about Twitter is uh, I del- I don't use Facebook anymore, but Twitter is uh, you can get direct contact with the, the, the leaders in in the Bitcoin space. You can see what they're thinking in real time. Um, you can kind of get ahead of what's going on by just following the top, uh, the top promoters in, uh, in the space, you know, so it's kind of cool. Cool. That is true. And it is just like you said, a, a direct line of feedback. You get to see people's uh, mindsets. Um, Truth Raider, I know, man, that you are very active about protecting people's assets or in, in other words, making them protect their own assets. How how do you feel people should go about uh, really and truly taking care of their digital assets in this in this uh, cryptocurrency world that we live in? I think the the biggest thing that people don't understand is with your um, your Bitcoin address is is the fact that you need to understand how to protect your private keys and your seed words um, because as Bitcoin becomes more popular, there's going to be more and more people trying to hack in into your iPhones your Samsungs, your computers, they're going to be trying to get access to your private keys um, in order to get your Bitcoin. So that's why I'm a hard, hardcore advocate of um, the hardware wallet 
over the software wallets. I think the software wallets are awesome that, that have come out in the last, uh, probably the last six months or so for day, for trading and the day, you know, daily trading and doing different things, sending transfers back and forth to different people. But if, if you're trying to hodl anything, I'm a very firm advocate that you need to pick up a Trezor, a Ledger, a Kiki, um, a Cool Wallet um, in order to preserve the Bitcoin that you do have, you know. That is true, man. I always have uh, one Ledger Nano S on my, around my neck at all times, man. Um, I wear it kind of as like a symbol. I feel like a vigilante of Bitcoin when I have it around my neck. Well, and the beautiful the beautiful thing about the ledger, man, is what happens if you lose it? <laughs> exactly. You have your backup phrase at home, and and if anyone if anyone gets it within three wrong tries, boom, that ledger's wiped. Exactly. So you know you know people need to understand that picking up a hardware wallet is it's the smart answer because if you lose the actual physical piece of plastic with metal components inside of it. You just go buy another one and it works. Um, and I know this because my ledger actually um, crashed uh, about a couple months ago and it, and it was like a software glitch, right? So I was, I was freaking out. I'm like, oh my God, I'm screwed, right? But then all I had to do is I, you, you reinstall the software um, and you back up the wallet and uh, it's just like a hard drive, backing up a hard drive it, and it just reset and everything was good to go. I mean, it's that, it's, so people freak out. If, if that happens to you, don't worry. As long as you got your private keys, you're going to be all right. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh, man. It's, it really is. Uh, I think this field will get a lot more simpler in the future because right now there are rough edges. You know, I remember using Jax uh, as one of my first mobile uh, hot wallets. And Jax was good in the beginning, but man, sometimes you load that wallet up. It would just put zero 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 under all your your total balances, and you'd have a, a mini heart attack as it refreshes. Um, but as as the software developers start to refine and create more uh, really to use easy looking apps, um, I think I think that um, a lot more people will start to join crypto, um, especially with mainstream apps including. Bitcoin integration, such as Cash App, I thought that was one of the most powerful moves. Um, what do you think about about all this? Do you know what's bigger than Cash App right now? The biggest news that people aren't really talking about that much is the new Samsung um, Galaxy uh, S10 has mm. a, a Bitcoin wallet pre-installed on it in, a, mm. in in some of the Asian markets. It's going to be huge because. We live in an economy, a digital economy run by apps. Everybody's got a stupid app on their phone. So uh, until a 18-year-old or 16-year-old kid can pick up his phone and use Bitcoin on an app without thinking about it, we haven't hit adoption. <laughs> you know? <laughs> True. True. And it has to be easy. It has to be right there, just like a calculator. You know, every phone has a calculator. Every phone will have a Bitcoin wallet or a cryptocurrency exactly. wallet. It's it's, uh, it's the future, and, and I think the nice thing is talking to people like you and and, and other uh, people that are really just interest interested in educating people. I think is huge. You know, that's really the angle I'm pushing. Is I want to I want to educate people on uh, security technology and educate people on the tech 
advances that we can get from Bitcoin? What can it, how can it take us from where we are today to a better place in the future? Um, not just, because I think we get hung up on Bitcoin's better than fiat. Okay, great. I could choose any other currency. Why, why do we want to use it? And the answer is because we can transact internationally without a bank. That's the technological advancement that Bitcoin brings. You know what I mean? Yes, direct access to a monetary system, no matter your geographical region. That's, man, I tell you right there, that's freedom. Like, we're straight up undermining the existing banking and, well, I shouldn't even say undermining, I should say we're, we're powering the consumer, we're powering people. Yeah, exactly. And, uh, and, and it's good to see, like, the average person can have a leg up. You don't have to ask permission, you know. <laughs> Man, that is a blessing. You know, as, as a kid, I was never really um, keyed on asking permission. I would always do things and say sorry later. And when I saw Bitcoin, um, like I told you earlier, uh, we had a conversation before this interview. Um, I, I came into the cryptocurrency space through uh, trading. I was trading initially a foreign exchange and um, I lost capital in that and then I switched over to cryptocurrencies and I discovered that this was not an asset. This is a revolution. This is something that's that's deeper than just you know a take profit and a stop loss. And it really hit me that this industry is is not just here to revolutionize finance but it's here to improve upon pretty much any industry that you can think about. I think you're right. And uh, like I was talking earlier with one of the airlines in Europe, picking up uh, Bitcoin for purchasing tickets and also setting up an exchange. Um, I agree with you, man. Every single aspect of society can pick up a Bitcoin angle and advance our cause as well as help them become more profitable. So it's, it's a win-win, to be honest. Yes. Something I want to ask you, man. How would you recommend people... Uh, to keep their funds safe on on exchanges or or how to just go about trading without uh, the fearing of your exchange being hacked. What do you recommend people to do? I, I would say that the big push uh, that's going on right now, and uh, you said you were uh, got into this through trading, is, is to focus on uh, decentralized exchanges. You have to get off. There's nothing wrong with using a centralized exchange, but if you do it, Every time you conduct transactions, a lot of them are letting you link to the ledger or uh, Trezor wallets. So a lot of centralized exchanges, you can link your wallet to put cold storage for your um, Bitcoin after you're doing your trades. Um, that's one way to do it is using the centralized exchange with a hardware wallet. Or the second way to do it is just get on a decentralized exchange. And most of them operate the actually the better ones. It depends on if it's a good one or not. But. Something like Binance, for example, Binance Dex, it operates with a, uh, a cool wallet or a ledger um, direct from the website. So you don't even, it, it's seamless. It's seamless. So those are two ways to protect yourself as a trader and not have to worry about, um, hey, what do I do if someone gets hacked, essentially? Wow, very interesting because that hardware wallet integration, that is the future. I really do believe that. Um, I know Andreas Antonopoulos always says if your bitcoins aren't uh, on your private key or they aren't on your 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 wallet that you have a backup phrase to, then you don't own those bitcoins. 
You know, it may seem on a sheet of paper or on a computer that it's in your account balance, but really and truly, if you don't have a backup phrase and it's just on a website, then pretty much the website owns owns those bitcoins. I agree 100%. And uh, because what you're doing, and, and people don't realize that are new to Bitcoin. So here's what you're doing. I've, I've got a wallet address for my Bitcoin, right? And let's say I want to use KuCoin or OKX. I transfer my Bitcoin to their Bitcoin wallet in order to trade off their platform. So I'm giving ownership of my Bitcoin to the exchange in order for the exchange to transact and make a profit off of that transaction. So that's where the DEXs solve that, that, that problem. And that's how you get away from worrying about. So for example, my Binance DEX account links directly to my cool wallet. <laughs> I mean, it's too easy. It's, it's directly tied to my Binance trading account that I own and I own the private keys for that account. So I completely agree with what you just said in, uh, in that last statement. That's 100% right. Yes, and and um, I want to hear your your thoughts on this overall um, the movement that that everyone's going. I know that in cryptocurrency we have different people on different fronts. Some people they're working all behind the scenes to make the coding for all the apps and to make everything look aesthetically pleasing. Other people they're they're more toward marketing. But how do you feel that the overall industry is moving in terms of our approach? Do you think that? We are. We should be more aggressive. We should be passive. You think that we should adopt more of an attraction-based marketing, like just instead of pushing and try to uh, convert people to Bitcoin, instead just show people how we're using Bitcoin and they'll eventually come on. Like, where do you think we are now, and in which ways can we improve upon it? I think from a basketball standpoint, just thinking back to high school basketball, is we we need to go full court press. On, uh, on big banks and finance, the big financial institutions like New York Stock Exchange and uh, all the other big players because the only way to convince them, the only way to convince the trader on Wall Street to go buy Bitcoin um, or any of the big dogs is you have to convince them it's going to be better than what they're currently doing. That's how they understand it. So I think that it's important for us to go full court press in every aspect and convince people by the actions that we have. So for example, um, if you own a business, accept Bitcoin. It doesn't matter what it is. If you're selling, uh, you could be selling stuff at the uh, umbrellas at the beach. It doesn't matter what your business is. If you want us the Bitcoin to be a global currency that everyone uses, accept it at your business. You know. So I think we need to go full court press if you're a believer in Bitcoin. Yeah. And if we all add as one unit, just accomplishing the same goal, converting people to better money, then I believe um, our mission will be valid. You know, I, th- I believe there's a lot of a uh, lot of beef, a lot of misinterpretation in our in our industry, as in every industry, right? It's just people as a whole, right? Um, but I think something is here that gives us an, an advantage uh, than any other industry. I believe Bitcoin is common ground that we all agree upon. Is something that just unites us. Like, like we just know the underlying asset that the mother of all coins is Bitcoin, and that is solid. The fundamentals are, are are great. It's it's something that's here to stay. And I believe that if we all remind ourselves of that of that truth, 
that we have this amazing underlying asset, we will all be more united and cooperative toward each other. I agree, man. I, I couldn't agree more. It's, it's got to take a unified front. Stop fighting about whose altcoin is the better altcoin. Uh, Bitcoin is Bitcoin. So <laughs> I don't care if you love it or hate it. It, it, is, it stands alone. There is no, you know, as a unit, we should all say, okay, we understand Bitcoin is the big dog. If you like your own altcoin, promote it. But at the same time, don't try to say I'm better than Bitcoin. It's, it's a ridiculous argument that only creates infighting amongst the community. And if you're an external person to crypto, you're not going to understand that. You know, yeah. you're not going to understand the fight between altcoins. It, it won't make any sense to you. You know, it's true because all those fighting, like in order to even participate in a fight, you have to have so much knowledge about both sides. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. You can't pick a side when you don't know anything about it. Oh, man. It, it really is something. Um, like I said before, it's just a reflection of, of people. You know, it doesn't matter what industry you go to. But I think here we have an advantage. We have something that's going to, that's good, like the glue, you know, that's, that unites us all together. Um, I know for sure, man, that that in the future we're going to see Bitcoin, uh, or not really Bitcoin, but just overall cryptocurrency integration and so many different platforms. Like I'm looking forward to when I just drive my car and automatically um, just by my car being near the gas pump, it charges my card and I don't have to come out and pay, enter my PIN, just to see the transaction, I pull up to the pump, if there even will be gas in the future. Um, <laughs> but just... Or, I mean, your arguments, it could, be, it could be an electric car just doing the same thing. It could be the same thing, you know? Go into the sure. electric pump, whip out your phone, use the QR code, and automatically pay for your recharge, for the electrical recharge. You know, if it costs money to charge your Tesla, whatever the hell it is, you know? That is Which true. Which I don't know if it costs to charge a Tesla because I have I know zero percent about Tesla. <laughs> <laughs> I believe Teslas are free, but how long would that last? You know, like right now, uh, they are pretty much the the major electric uh, car manufacturer. But you know, people are greedy. The more manufacturers will get in the industry, it'll come eventually. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure once they replace uh, the majority of gasoline powered cars in like let's say L.A. Somebody's going to figure out how to monetize that. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. And it, it makes me excited, man. I think one of um, one of the craziest things about Bitcoin is decentralization. Um, I wasn't even aware of decentralization uh, as a term before I really came in cryptocurrency. And that I'm thinking about it, it makes me want to live a very like off-grid life. Um you know, uh, very much like a Bohemian lifestyle because it just inspired me. Like, do I really need to be dependent on a system anymore? Um, like systems, systems of validation, such as FICO, your credit score. Like, I believe these systems will become outdated in the future. We don't even need credit scores with Bitcoin. You either have the money or you don't. Yeah, either you've, either you've invested and you've put time and effort into to accumulating it and or mining it. And you have something to show for that work. Um, and it becomes your credit score. You know, the amount of Bitcoin you mine becomes the credit rating that you currently own. <laughs> you know? Mm. But it's, so it's a, it's, a, it's, a, it's a crazy idea to think about. But uh, I agree with you. And, and the other thing that's interesting about that 
is when it comes to, for example, Equifax, they just got they got hacked and lost 140 million records, like uh, uh, of user data. You probably lost records too. You don't even know it, but uh, I found out I lost mine uh, two days ago. So 140 million people, their records were stolen, hacked. So I would rather trust the Bitcoin protocols than Equifax. <laughs> <laughs> Very true. <laughs> yeah, Equifax does not have the entire country of Sweden behind uh, moving in terms of energy, the network in a decentralized fashion, you know. All they have is what centralized servers with with some outdated firewalls. Oh man, of course they got hacked. Yeah, they got sued. Uh, I think it was like three hundred million, but that's nothing. One hundred forty million people lost their their social security numbers. All the information that's identifiable um, essentially got hacked. It's um it's unreal, you know. What do you think about potentially putting IDs identifications on blockchains? So that's something that, uh, so I was in Malta in last year and they've actually, I think it was Malta University, one of the universities, they're putting everybody's um, uh, diplomas records on the blockchain. So mm. I think that's a, I think you're, you, that's something that's going to be big. I think uh, putting records and I don't know how it makes it better than uh, the current systems. Uh, I, I don't know if, if, the, if the argument is whatever blockchain that we use to store your private information, if it's going to be more or the encryption will be better. I don't know what the argument is yet, you know, for it. Mm -hmm. uh, all I know is that the way we're doing it now doesn't work. <laughs> That's all I know, yeah. you know. I, I think what should happen, um, they would be amazing if we could integrate one-time passwords based upon identification because I know for a fact when I go to a doctor's office and that's my social my socials on a piece of paper anyone any associate any worker could easily pull out their phone and take a picture of my social right there but if I was using a blockchain based identification system and this is just theoretical um, and if it had a one-time password uh, ability that means I could give the authorization for them to see my social for the one-time use and after that use is over they would have to request another authorization for them to use my social again i think that would be amazing because no one could have access to the to your one permanent social at all times it would be a constantly changing number in which you have the the real private key which would be your actual social um that only you would have access to I think, yeah, you're right, man. Like the, the social, well, not only that, but the social security number. Yeah, it's it's an archaic system. <laughs> archaic, <laughs> you know? bro. Yeah. Like, oh, I mean, my goodness. So I, I agree with you. Anything, any, any way you can improve upon the old system is, is, is worth looking into because it, we're living in the past right now. Yep, yeah, we're on some dinosaur. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. I mean, I mean, they charge you like 40 bucks to send a wire transfer these days, man. You know, like oh, to go to a. They do. Yeah, you, you want to spend like three or $400 to send to somebody, you know, from a bank to your friend and or family member? It's like $30, $40 to send a wire. Like, how is that? 
with with Bitcoin, it's like nothing. You know, it's very very small, minute fraction of a cost. Very true. Yeah. I made a whole podcast episode dedicated to that. Uh, one of the specifics I was talking about was if someone really needed to pay a bill, you know, and that bill had to be due that same day, and it's like they need the exact amount that that person sent. They don't need any fees to be extracted from that amount, you know, very little fees. And the fact is that $40 chunk, that could be that could be enough to just take away from that person's ability to pay that one bill or even to buy groceries, right? Let's say you have like a three-day waiting time to get your money. Well, that person has no food. They got to they gotta basically starve for three days for the bank to release the funds to them. It's, it's mind-blowing, you know? Like, when when we look at it, um, the traditional financial system, it does not benefit, uh, you know, uh, impoverished individuals. Anyone who's, who's below middle class, or even middle class people as well, they get the the raw end of the stick, you know? Yeah, it's, it's, it doesn't, the system does not benefit people that are um, working class. I mean, it doesn't even middle, just working class does not benefit from, like the super rich are fine because they have the, the amount of capital to eat up all these admin costs. But uh, the middle class gets screwed by, by this current system. Man. You know, let's talk about something more lighthearted, man. I know that you are into mining. Explain to me which, which, uh, or just your overall experience in mining and, um, how you really got yourself deep into that. So, I mean, obviously the biggest way is not really Bitcoin, but, um, I mine uh, Zcash and, uh, Ethereum and, uh, for Bitcoin, you know, it's, I started with cloud mining and I'm, it's not actually as good as it used to be, um, but that well, that's kind of my background is cloud mining and Zek and ETH mining through. Uh, have you heard of a company called Genesis? Yes, I've heard of them. Yeah, through Genesis, essentially. So mm-hmm. it was good at first, but I, I'm not going to lie. 20, 2018 beat up the the whole process when it comes to cloud mining. So you probably haven't even heard of it in a while. It, it hasn't really been talked about um, because of the, a lot of people that, that were doing cloud mining in 2018 got wrecked. Wow. Um, yeah, because the, the problem with the hash rates, all the hash rates that were set up based on uh, the the 2018 pricing. Ooh. So, so yeah, so a lot of people... so. It, the cloud mining is a great concept. It's it's a it was a perfect tool for adoption. However, if it it rolled out at the wrong time, you know the popularity of it in seventeen and eighteen was the wrong time to get popular. But it'll probably come back around as a popular thing, um, probably after the Bitcoin having when it, once we get a little bit more scarce on the mining front. But right now, uh, cloud mining is one of those things where I would almost tell somebody just go mine on your own, essentially. Do go get an ant miner and just do it by yourself. Okay, that- but not every not everybody has the capability to do that. So, like for me, I move like a lot. I do I do a lot of moving around, and so stability is the bigger issue. So at the time, cloud mining made sense, but you don't get as you weren't bringing in as much as you could have done if you'd have done it on your own. I guess that's my point. 
That makes sense, man. And thank you for sharing that perspective, man. You that that right there is why people tune into this podcast. They want to learn something new, you know, hear from someone's perspective, because you probably save someone right there from uh from potentially losing something, you know. And everything is about timing, you know. When something gets really popular, it's either gonna really pop, um, or it's, it's gonna drop. And it's it's not anyone's fault. It's just that mass adoption typically makes or breaks something. Uh, and just like you said, the timing will come back eventually when when the Bitcoin halving. Um, but even that is speculation to a certain degree. We just have to uh, play it by ear. And like I recommend to all of my listeners, man, do your own independent research. That's the most beneficial thing you could possibly do is to go out there and research. I need you to be absolutely obsessed slash a hint of addicted to cryptocurrency research because that's how we got where we are, you know. I remember um, joining Bitcoin, going on YouTube. There wasn't many people on YouTube, man. Um, pretty, it was pretty much dry, right? We had these little uh, webcam videos with with no text. Dude, people would use their notepad on their PC and just, you know, like they'd have a microphone and they'd just tell you what to do. It's like, oh man. Um, but now you go on YouTube. There's a plethora of information. Look how many podcasts that are great, great podcasts. So research is easily um, available now. You just have to listen, do due diligence, spend your time, you know, and uh, you'll find out the fruits of, of Bitcoin and cryptocurrency. I agree with you, man. That's true. A lot better uh, material out there these days. Yeah, better quality too, man. Way better quality. I believe that um in certain other industries uh people try to sell their knowledge very very much now in crypto i i have this this openness that i feel when i do my research i feel people are sharing secrets openly with each other and they're helping each other succeed you know yeah i agree man yeah it's and and dropping knowledge bombs you know like that's what i like about twitter is is um, I, I don't. I use Twitter a lot more than YouTube for for just tracking what's going on um, because I, I like the little knowledge bombs. If you follow, even if you follow the top, let's say top, you follow the top 100 influencers on Twitter. You, you open a Twitter account and just follow the top 100 guys like Charlie Schramm and all these guys. You're gonna learn so much just by doing that. It's like almost like getting a free college class. <laughs> you know? <laughs> yes, very true, man. And. Just like you said, it's a direct line to their brain. You get to see what they're posting in real time. And they don't, most of the top guys don't really charge you. Um, they don't charge you anything to just pay, like pay attention to what they're saying because a lot of them made a lot of money in the early days. And so a lot of them kind of got into this, the, just the education side of it. Just, hey guys, this is what you should do. And, you know, like I remember I bought, I bought Bitcoin from a Charlie Shrem ATM in Florida. In, uh, in Jacksonville. And then I tried to go back. This was last year. I tried to go back a couple weeks later and they had no Bitcoin left. The ATM ran out of Bitcoin. And people say, how can a Bitcoin run out of ATM or a Bitcoin ATM run out of uh, Bitcoin? And it's like, well, it's simple. Um, Charlie Shrem didn't put more money into the wallet. <laughs> you know, like, it's, it's, it's crazy to think, man. Charlie Shrem. Charlie Shrem owns an entire network of Bitcoin ATMs in, in South Florida and, and Georgia and a couple other places. And he has the ability to turn it off or not. 
based on if he wants to put more money into the ATMs. <laughs> <laughs> wow. That's amazing. Yeah. It's funny. It's really funny because – and so people <laughs> like him, they're always dropping knowledge bombs on us for free because they realize that they got in way ahead of time. They, they know. They know that they're, they're, they're lucky to have found Bitcoin in the early days. So you follow people like that and you're just, you're going to get knowledge without even trying. I mean, just, just listen to what they say, you know? That is true. And if you guys are not following Truth Raider, please follow him on Twitter. It's Truth Raider HQ. I will have the link in the description of this podcast episode. Because I know you dropped some bombs, brother. I appreciate it, man. For sure, for sure. Um, what do you want to talk about, brother, before we leave? What's something that's really just passionate about that just drives you every day or something you just saw today that really piqued your interest? Um, so the other thing besides the security tech and the decentralized exchanges that I'm, I'm kind of interested in is the uh, Blockstream as a company. You know, you've heard of the Bitcoin satellite um, for doing transactions in space. Um, there's there's another company that Elon Musk has for under SpaceX. It's called Starlink, and it's not really Bitcoin related, but I'm hoping that it will be. So Elon Musk is putting 12,000 12, satellites into space. It's called the, the Starlink constellation, which is going to have um, – it's supposed to be – um, 50% faster than fiber internet and it covers the whole earth. So I, I wish that the Bitcoin community would come together and convince Elon Musk to incorporate Bitcoin transactions into that network. If he isn't already planning on doing it, because that, I, that's something that I'm, I've been following for a while that I'm, I'm very hopeful if he can find a way to, to incorporate lightning um, into that that internet connection, that, that's just going to blow people's minds. And I think the amount of publicity that would gain would make Bitcoin adoption so, so easy, like super easy, you know? Wow. I saw you retweeted a post of that earlier, and I was actually pretty interested in that. Um, Starlink, he's launching 12,000 satellites? Yeah, there's going to be 12,000 satellites uh, interconnected when it's all completed and uh, it's, it's, it's 40, 40 times faster than the internet on earth and 50% faster than fiber internet where people have fiber, you know, in high speed internet locations. It's, 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 it's insane, man. Like nobody talks about it, but if, if we got all the top leaders of Bitcoin together and said, Hey guys, convince Elon Musk to, to figure out how to incorporate Bitcoin. I mean, it would be game over for the, for everybody else, I mean, it would be we would ha- we would have Bitcoin as a mass adopted currency. Wow, man, that's that's amazing! I swear, Elon Musk is something mind blowing every week that I'm I'm just flabbergasted by. Oof. Twitter, man, Twitter is like the Twitter is home of the the that's the best news website on the internet. <laughs> it's Twitter.com. I, I believe it. I just told one of my friends to uh, make a Twitter. Just dedicated toward information news, like leave all the personal friends behind, just follow the influencers, because if you have a good, consistent stream of, of good uh, people posting content, 
man, nothing beats that, bro. You're learning while you're scrolling. I agree. That's true. And that, at the end of the day, I feel like I'm a student. I'm a student of Bitcoin. That's that's how I look at it at the end of the day. I like that perspective, brother. I would consider you an expert, but the fact that you say that you're a student means you're humble, man. Not many people are like that. I, I mean, unless you're the one coding, doing the coding on the, you know, to help improve the Bitcoin uh, network, which I'm not. I mean, it, I, I think the, the real experts are all the coders and developers and and the, the people working on Lightning, these are the people that are kind of inspirational because they're, they're going to create the thing that you and I are going to use every day, you know? That is true. So and I think they really don't get recognition, man, because they're just always behind the scenes. Yeah, it's only the guys that are – it's only the people in the cameras that are talking about everything that are getting the, the notice. But the behind this, there's a whole ton of work being done that nobody ever talks about, you know? Wow. It really does uh, bring light to that. You know, those people, they lay the foundation, the groundwork that we're able to use and honestly send transactions seamlessly, man. Like I've seen the evolution of software wallets just on uh, iOS. I remember at a certain point in time, Android was the main uh, mobile operating system to have Bitcoin related apps. And now the Apple store is filled with them. Yeah, I think Apple realized they were behind. They're like, wait a second, we got to catch up. <laughs> <laughs> oh, man, that is true. Well, well, my friend, um, I'm pretty much going to end the interview here, man. I think we we loaded them up with some good, interesting topics, something to chew on. Um, any last words? Do you want to shout out your website? Yeah, if uh, you guys are interested in just what I'm what I'm doing and, and what makes me uh, wake up every day, just go to truthrader.com and uh, check out some of the stuff that I'm following and and just basically just gives my perspective on on the way I see this space growing. Amazing, man! Thank you for coming on, bro. Really appreciate it. Hey, I appreciate it. Well, guys, you can follow our podcast on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Castbox, pretty much anywhere you listen to podcasts, man. My name is BitShopo. This is In Bitcoin We Trust. I thank you for tuning in to the frequency of the crypto revolution. And it really is a revolution. I'll see you guys soon on the next episode. You can find this at BitShopo.com. Peace, love, and light, everyone. And I'll honestly see you soon. Thank you for tuning in to the Crypto Revolution, the most lit podcast in all of cryptocurrency. 100% facts, no printer. Follow us on Twitter and stay in the loop. Peace, love, and light. See you soon.